What's up, dirtbags? Welcome to episode 205 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman and Matt Deitch, what's going on? You know, not much, man. How about you? Just doing dirtbag stuff. Just doing dirtbag stuff. That's all I, mean, I really do. Just, you know, dirtbagging this and dirtbagging that and, you know, just, just doing yeah. a lot of this and a lot of that. But, uh, no, uh, nothing, nothing new. Uh, you know, finally uh, got a couple days without some snow. It's yeah, or fog. We even had some nasty. Oh, that was there crazy. You know, days. they they say uh, ninety days after fog is uh, precipitation, and if nice. uh, if that is true, we should start building an arc ASAP. Oh man, it's going to be moly. a mess. It's going to be a mess. Yep. So, are you one of them people that's going to get out and shovel snow away from your house? There's a nah. lot of people that I've seen and said that you know, if you've had flood damage in the past, as far as like you know, water getting into your basement, to make sure that you shovel out because like you said if a lot of this stuff isn't started to somewhat melt by then and we get a significant rain yeah it's it's gonna be sloppy yep i uh i used to live at the bottom of the hill and now i live at the top of the hill and uh um that's because i learned my lesson at the bottom of the hill um you know i i suppose i could probably go around and, and maybe shovel out a little bit of the house uh one thing that i am a smidge worried about is is the egress windows right um but uh I have noticed that it, it's just kind of drifted right over the top of it, and so that's <laughs> that's actually uh, kind of nice. Yeah. But uh, um, one no. nice thing, one nice thing about it though is hopefully it fills up all the lakes and everything like yep. that. I mean, we always complain that we need the moisture and stuff, but uh, uh, so hopefully you know some positives come from it, and some of our low lake areas, rivers, and stuff like that can you know get to a nice level this spring. Yeah, rebound a little bit. Yeah. Um, this week's episode is brought to you by uh, our good buddies over at Dakota Angler, uh, the Hike Camp dudes and uh, their employees, uh, the best bait shop uh, in the upper Midwest, possibly the whole entire United States. Uh, uh, we're still uh, taking taking in ballots from that, but uh, um, I actually got a, I got a package from uh, Dakota Angler uh, last weekend uh, or la- last week. Um, Got myself a uh, light, like I had mentioned before, a two B rod. Uh, had never uh, had a two B, and uh, I don't know why I, I wanted a two B rod, but uh, just seems you like tried all toppers. the yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, but like I don't know, like you see those guys like Will Pappenfuss. Is he a two B guy? Yep. Feel like you know a bunch of those dudes are rocking those two B hats, and yep. they just look like badasses. Like I just feel like all the two B dudes are like constantly crushing big crappies, and I don't know. It's just kind of a Minnesota deal. I didn't have one, uh, and uh, just kind of wanted one, so uh, pulled the trigger on it. Uh, got a couple of Shimano Siennas. I uh, had never had any Shimano Siennas before. I realized that that's not uh, you know some hundred and fifty dollar reel, but. Uh, uh, used it this last weekend and, uh, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I put it through the paces, was real hard on it. Uh, no, uh, you know, it, it, it I went the out there. Yeah. You know, times. the drag, the drag, uh, seemed to stand up, uh, pretty well. Um, overall it just, you know, it was what it was. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with it, uh, for the, for the money. If you're looking for a, a real, uh, under $30, uh, I'd, I'd look into one of those, uh, you know, I've used those 13 wicked ices that, you know, good, you know, good reels for, you know, 30 bucks. And, uh, yeah. uh, when you double that up and, uh, use, uh, the code dirtbag at checkout on decodeangler.com, you're going to you save even a little bit more. So sweet discount. Yep. So, uh, um, I think they're slashing prices right they now uh, on ice that. gear clearance. Yeah. I saw on their Facebook page the other night that, uh, Todd did a, a live and was 
talking about all the things that that uh, they are have marked down in their clearance and out and stuff like that. So maybe jump onto their Facebook page, at, uh, Dakota Angler, and uh, check out that video and see like all the other deals that they have going on right now because there is a ton of them. Yep. Oh, yep. I mean, and, uh, and you're not going to find any better prices. No, I no, mean, absolutely not. Uh, um, like like Matt said, uh, they're slashing prices, you know, on, on basically everything uh, store-wide uh, that has to do with ice fishing. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, do the dirtbag code at checkout and save yourself an extra 10%. Um, I don't know, kind of a no-brainer. It really is. I mean, and again, this is the time. We still have a lot of ice season left, so get on those deals, you know. Yep. And, uh stock up because you can never have enough ice gear right um, we still got a you know i guess a a, a full week in january and uh you know a, a a full month of february and you know i mean we can be we can be fishing you know the whole entire month of march too and, oh, yeah. and uh you we'll know even some april this yep, year probably e- even after that so uh um you know barring any major rain or you know uh well, next week, it, I, I don't think it freaking breaks two next, degrees. I was gonna so say, I, the next we're gonna, couple weeks we're supposed to be pretty cold. So. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna add some more uh, some more ice there. Uh, take us well into March. Uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, scratch April. So and a lot of the stuff that they have on clearance too is, I mean, you can use it year round. It's not Absolutely. just for ice fishing. Ice fishing. I mean, yeah, it's you know specifically made for ice fishing, but you can use the, a lot of this stuff all year. So yep, get in there and. Uh, talk to those guys stop and visit them i mean they love talking fishing and stuff like that and uh who knows maybe you'll see the i heard that todd got like uh top two of employee of the month or something like really that. yeah really josh edged him out I, but uh, i'm i'm assuming it was josh that edged well, him out I mean, so whatever I, top two or top three he was for yeah. employee of the month yeah. so well, better than number nine last year <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Yep, uh, head head over there to Dakota Angler. Uh, you'll be happy that you did. That's for sure. Uh, Matt, uh, obviously, um, some some news that kind of rocked the uh, the ice fishing community. Yeah. Um, uh, not just the ice fishing community, the, but but more specifically the uh, the ice fishing tournament community. Um, NAIFC uh, was supposed to have a tournament this last weekend up in, uh, Minnesota. I don't remember the, the community that, uh, was supposed to host it. Um, they canceled it and, uh, um, now has turned around and canceled the whole entire 2023 season. Um, sounds like, uh, um, you know, I, I think, uh, uh, Mike Howe, now the tournament director, I believe he owns the NAIFC, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to be very respectful when I'm saying this, but I think Mike kind of inherited a dumpster fire, and uh, I think he he uh, tried to keep it going. Well, I, I I think he right. had done a good job at almost right. extinguishing it. You know, I mean, it, it was right. You know, there there was a lot of hard work, and it, and it really kind of seemed like you know, man, this is this is coming around, and uh, um, you know, I guess uh, you know the, these last couple of years, whether it be COVID or, or other factors. Um, you know, a- attendance at these tournaments is slowly kind of dropping. And, uh, um, I guess this last, uh, tournament two weekends ago at Okaboji, um, there was kind of some cheating allegations. Uh, there was, um, a team that, uh, stayed out, uh, after a five o'clock off limits. Uh, Mike had gone out there, um, or, 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 you know, had seen the evidence that they were indeed out there. I don't know if it was a mechanical failure or if they, you know, uh, continued yeah, to fish. Right. That's, that's not, that's neither here nor there, but, uh, 
um, had issued a penalty with uh, a 20-minute timeout during the day. Um, I think that there was some people that were uh, kind of pissed off that, uh, you know, it was only 20 minutes, that it was in the middle of the day, that they weren't disqualified altogether. Um, kind of sounds like there was some other stuff, uh, kind of maybe a... Uh, uh, you know, some jawing going on at the... Uh, That's what I heard, too, is, you know, like the weigh-in, people weighing in dead fish and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it was just a bad deal, and some arguing happened. You know how you get a bunch of people, ice fishermen around, or fishermen in general. Competition. and Right, and that competition, we talked about it before. People do dumb stuff, and pretty soon things start getting said. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of, like, parents fishing with their kids at this event and stuff so you know you start hearing a lot of those things and it didn't sound like it was a very good thing that happened and a good representation for the fishing industry right and and uh apparently there was some threats that were thrown out uh um i, I we're, we're not going to sit here and say who it was because we don't know right. uh, we, we weren't, weren't we weren't there um you know and and even i mean I, i've talked to a couple of the anglers that were there you know that we're fishing in it and they didn't mention any names uh, they right. just you know they said that um there, there was a lot of drama um i think that they kind of thought uh, at first maybe it was a, a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction you know to cancel that minnesota tournament but uh uh you know then i think when they really heard mike's side you know with uh the the declining i think that they i think mike came out and said that there was only seven was teams say, signed only, up right, and, and yep. you know i mean you can't have a tournament of that caliber with only seven teams exactly and, right and uh you know it's just uh you, you know matt b before we started recording uh we were kind of talking you know what what is it that's i mean i i feel like uh you know they're, they're going to good bodies of water uh you know, I mean, obviously the prize money isn't there like a Bassmaster Elite Series deal, but, but I mean, I don't think anyone's really expecting that. I mean, it's good prize money. Um, you know, there, there's good sponsors. Uh, seems like everything is going, you, you know, was there to, it seemed like all the, the, the ingredients were there to, to, to make a good tournament. And, yeah. uh, what, what is it that, that's holding people back from fishing, you know, competitive tournaments at that level. Like, uh, you know, I mean, when you look over at the, uh, the Iowa ice classic, the last couple of years, uh, you know, that Ryan Hale held, uh, out of Oak Hill outdoors over there, uh, bluegill tournament in Emerson Bay, it would fill up. And, right. and, but I think that a lot of that has to do with it being like that being like a single day tournament. Like that's just like one tournament. It's not like a, like a league or, you know, a tournament series where you're going to all these different bodies of but water. But you don't have to with the NAFC. Like, you I mean, you could literally, you, there, right. there was guys that just went and fished east and didn't fish west. Right. You know, no, the day I know. Before. I know. But the guys that are doing it for like the points and all yep. that stuff and trying to get team of the year and everything like that, they're committed to it. So you're going to have that. So, I mean, you're talking about arguably, you know, we have a couple of great um, ice fishing tournament series in the Midwest here. And uh, I firmly believe the best of the best anglers fish in those things. So when it is an open public tournament, there's a lot of people that get a little intimidated by that and aren't just going to come out and fish that tournament. Now, like something like that with the tournament that you guys fished in, I mean, it's just you're going to get a few of those guys that fish that tournament. But also it's just, you know, all right, hey, it's a fun just kind of a 
one day thing we can go out there and give it heck and you know you can go out there and spend as much time pre-fishing as you want or as little time pre-fishing as you want whereas with these events if you want to be successful and even have a chance of cracking the top 10 you got to go up there the week before you got to be out there i mean it's not easy right i mean ice fishing tournaments are in open water fishing tournaments are not easy and these guys go out there and they go through the paces and you know it as well as i do scott and anybody else who listens to this podcast that ice fishes specifically uh it changes so much each day right right i mean you're out there and uh one day hey it's 30 degrees and then all of a sudden the next day it's like oh here comes tournament day and it's you know five degrees and the wind's gonna blow and all this stuff so it's not it's not an enjoyable day out on the boat right that's what makes it and and to be successful it's not like you can just go out there and be like well we're just gonna set up the the house and sit here and wait it out all day i mean these dudes are out there grinding and again you you have to do that no but in, in order to keep yourself competitive in a tournament series like that you have to be out there moving around you got you have to be hard on your gear yep. <laughs> i mean yep. it, it's, it's plain and simple and hard on yourself i think that it uh it just that's why you don't get, see as many teams i think do these ice fishing tournaments and again a lot of people don't think of ice fishing tournaments like if you didn't know about the naifc or like the ultimate pan fish league if i said an all like an ice fishing tournament what do you think like First thing that might come to your head, I don't know. You don't like know the bl- bluegills over at. Well, no, I'm just saying. Like, growing up, the only ice fishing tournament I ever thought of was like the Brainerd JCs tournament, yeah. where they drill 300 holes and you go out there and people fish one hole and stuff right. like that. And I think in a lot of people's brains, that's what an ice fishing tournament is. Yeah, it's like a tournament that a lot of these like community clubs and stuff just put on yeah and when you start talking about a series and now you want to fish a lot of these great fisheries well we all know that gas isn't cheap right now uh five days off work isn't cheap nothing's cheap right now so now you're talking about you know this one was a unique one because it was a two-day deal where one day was on west okaboji and the other was east so you could knock out two tournaments in one weekend well a lot of these you know like you said the next one up is up in minnesota you know, then there could be one, who knows, out in North Dakota. I mean, it, it makes it really tough. No, <laughs> I mean, no, there's really, no doubt about that. You really got to be committed. So, I mean, I mean, and that's why I don't think you see as many teams do this stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think it's, uh, I think to get into an NAIFC tournament was, what, 300 or $400? Yeah, so. Whereas, you know, the Oak Hill iwise classic i think it was 30 bucks or right, 25 right. bucks and you know i mean it, even if he got dead last it's like well big whoop you know yeah, i mean right. we, we would go up the day before we'd pre-fish for a day you know go to the rules meeting eat some chili bullshit with our buddies you know head out there and fish the next day you know i mean and and the result and they might even have like um what is it called uh flighted results or whatever it is where yeah it's like, i think yeah where they, I, like yep. uh, you know the 20th place finisher got a vexlar or something yep. like that yep. so i mean that gives you a little incentive to be like no okay you know i don't have to go out there and win but you know maybe i could get this place and i can you know get a prize for doing this you know so right yeah i don't know if 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 the if the price to get in is what's intimidating obviously you need to keep a price that high to get in uh, when you're talking about uh, um you know 
thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in, in prize money, you know, to the winners and, and, you know, second place, whatever. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, I, one thing about it, you know, to be competitive in these NAIFC tournaments or, you know, ultimate panfish league or whatever, um, you know, you're not going out there with your FL eight and, uh, you know, yeah, doing it. Like, I mean, yeah. you, you better have the live imaging, you better have, uh, you know, machines to, to stay mobile, whether it be snowmobiles or ATVs or whatever. Uh, um, you know, you, you gotta have the gear. You're not just gonna, uh, you know, you're, you're not just gonna go and set up and, you know, wait it out. It, that's, that's not how you're going to win one of these tournaments. And I don't know, it, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, I hope, uh, uh, if, if, if Mike is truly done, um, I hope that, uh, um, I guess I hope that somebody else can, you know, try to breathe some life back into it, you know, and, and pick up on all the good things that Mike has done. Um, I hope if, uh, um, you know, if Mike decides, you know what, we just need to take off the rest of the year, regroup and, and come back. Uh, I hope, uh, I hope that that works because I mean, when you really think back, you know, the, the history of the NAIFC, I mean, you, you know, you go back to, you know, Dave Gens and you know, right. Don yeah. Cox's and, and whatever. And, and uh, it would it would sure be a shame if that uh, if that ended because you know that's 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 fishing history right there upper Midwest fishing history and uh, I don't know hopefully hopefully it can all still come together and you know all is all is not lost I will say I, I did reach out to Mike Howe um, you know to see if uh, he would want to come on and uh, he just said you know he 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 was very nice about it called us dirt bags and, and whatever <laughs> but uh um just said uh you know not not right now you know i think um you know he just he needs the smoke to settle and and uh oh, right. you know kind of realize uh you know what's going on and and being a tournament director is Ugh. everybody you know everybody wants to be critical of a tournament director like a lot of things that you know in life but the second nobody, things go bad right everybody you know when things are going good everybody's talking about how great the series is and as soon as things don't like, don't seem like to go the way somebody wants it to do, it's not usually about the series. It's about the tournament director. Like, oh, they're not no. doing this, or you know, along there. And uh, I don't know. I, about the only other people that can criticize a tournament director should be other tournament directors yeah. because I mean they know what it goes through. Because it's hard to appease everybody. I mean, yep. when you start talking about that many teams, you know, one person can get out there, and we have all encountered people. There's always going to be the one or two teams that are always no matter what you do it's not the right decision yep. they will do it some they do it different and stuff like that so you know and then you know you got to make sure everybody's following the rules and you're you're really hoping that everybody does i mean that's yep. the, that's the thing with it i mean you're trying to check everybody over and trying to keep it as you know legal and everybody's following in in check and everything like that and all it does is take one one bad apple to yep. really ruin it for everybody and really question the integrity of the whole damn deal. So, yep. If everybody's good, honest people, all that stuff works. Right. The second you get one moron, shit hits the fan. But right. And then as it a is what it is. As a tournament director, unless you have cold hard proof, yeah. I mean, you can't. What just, are you gonna do? You just can't go in and off like, well, these guys said it, so yep. you know it must yep. be the truth. So I'm going in there, and you know you. you there's no shred of evidence on anything no. so i mean it is it's it's a bad it's a hard situation to be in and uh that's why you know whenever you go to a t good tournament and it's run really well and stuff like that make sure you go up to the tournament directors and you know show your appreciation for them yep no no doubt about that but uh um 
you know, I guess from, uh, you know, possibly a bad situation to a badass, uh, really cool situation. That's right. Uh, we are officially one month away from uh, Hooked on Hardwater. Oh, that's crazy. It is. It is. Uh, you know, January's almost by. And, you know, when you get to, when you get to start talking February, like, we can get into some damn nice days here. Yes, like, we, we are. We're, we're starting to go on the downward side, and it feels good. But uh, um, we've got our good buddy uh, uh, Craig on uh, this week. Um, you know, talk a little bit about uh, the 10th annual Hooked on Hardwater. Uh, for those of you guys that have listened for a long time, you know what we're talking about. Uh, for those uh, people that are new, um, <laughs> we're about to learn you. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, with that being said, uh, we're going to cut over to him. And we're here today with the uh, double platinum third co-host of the Midwest Angler Podcast, our buddy Craggy XL Oiler. What's going on, man? You kind of ruined my intro. I was getting ready to come on and say, hey, long-time listener, first-time caller, but I guess you blew that out of the water, didn't you? <laughs> I feel like we should have his own. He should have his own theme music, like he should. like a WWE wrestler or something like that. Like the glass breaking. Yeah, <laughs> comes Are you technically savvy enough to be able to put in intro music when you. Oh yeah. On, Scott? Are we set? No, we are not. But we'll we we can figure it out. We can rig something together. Matt can go on YouTube on his phone and put it up next <laughs> yeah. to the, next to the microphone. <laughs> there you go. That's about as good as what we can possibly do. The old nature boy, Craig Oil. Yep. <laughs> What's up, boys? How are you? We're good. good. We're good. Um, we we got to get this started off with a couple of random questions, Craig. So oh, I boy. I want to know uh, what kind of dressing do you put on your salad? Ooh. You know, I, I am not whatever's in front of me. I'm not picky about really? the dressing. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it might be a, a ranch one night, vinaigrette the next night. It might be Dorothy Lynch the night after that. Mm, I love Dorothy Lynch. Good old Dorothy Lynch. Yeah, it's tough to beat that, but. Yeah, no, I'm not picky about that. How how do you guys feel about Caesar salads? I like them. I like oh my Caesar salads. god, I love Caesar yeah. salads. Like like, oh yeah. I mean, not frozen pizza love, but it, it's as soon I mean, as as soon as you started talking about salads, I was thinking of the salad wedge out there at the Alpine Inn and oh, that ranch dear dressing. God. <laughs> okay, we're just about a month away from that, boys. Uh, we are. We are. There. I can't even wait. <laughs> Matt, you got a random. Um, I guess my random question would be, uh, favorite way to have your potatoes? Uh, well, you brought up the Alpine Inn. It's tough to beat that Alpine Inn potato. Uh, just a regular bag? I am not a fast food guy, but holy smokes, do I love McDonald's french fries. Really? I, 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 mean, I don't even know if those are real potatoes. I have no <laughs> idea, but golly, I love those things. <laughs> Don't even matter if they're real potatoes. Whatever they are, I want them. Potatoes and I like them. Yep. Yep. Heck yeah. yeah. Tough to beat. No doubt. Well, Craig, uh, obviously, like you mentioned, uh, we are one month out uh, from from potentially going to the Alpine Inn, but more importantly, one month out from the tenth annual Hooked on Hardwater event. Uh, Can you can you believe ten years? Oh, I I can't. I that absolutely floors me when i think about that you know we're trying to make this year a little bit bigger and better than years past and it's still after all the the trials and tribulations of the first couple of years to think we made it to 10 is mind-boggling really it blows my mind it's just it's crazy humbling that's for sure no i believe that How, how much how much money have you raised in total do you know that figure I I don't know exact, but 
if we have a good year this year, and that would be comparable, if not, I think it'd have to be a little bit better than what we did last year, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, I guess. But if we do that good, uh, we should hit the million dollar mark. God dang it. Million dollars. That's incredible. That that first year, our goal was $5,000. They just said, the, the call for boys said, in order for us to justify the time and effort, we will need to have raised $5,000. And I was like, there's no way we can do it. And I think we made 12 that year. And so then I'm thinking, okay, maybe we're on to something here. But now, now to say after 10 years of it, we'll have raised a million dollars. All, all just a bunch of freaking buffoons out ice fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> now, now, I mean, your your goal was to raise five thousand. Now there's things on the auction that go for like way more than just that. Isn't that I right? Mean, yeah, that... Have you guys seen the video? I mean, I know you were there, but the video of that mule deer hunt a couple of years ago. Yep. Yeah. And yep. Just the excitement that that I, I still get goosebumps when I watch that. I think. I think right. I think I was just screaming. I I think I just screamed like I was praying that they didn't call him bid because I mean that jack would have bounced big time. But I mean it was just like oh my god. I just I God auctions just get me so jacked up. Yeah. It. it I tell you it's. It, it truly, I, I used the term humbling before when I described my feeling towards that event, but it is, I mean, between the, the commitment that not only the Rapid City Club for Boys has to this event, but then the, our entire community, but then the commitment from the pros and all our volunteers, it's like, yeah, I think it was just this harebrained idea I had 10 years ago, and it's turned into this just humbling i mean that's gonna be the the word of the day i guess but it is yeah yeah now now craig uh we we've been doing this podcast what is it four years or three years four Four, years and uh we we've interviewed you multiple times uh talking about this event but uh we're getting new listeners all the time so i think uh um, before we get too far ahead of this uh why don't you just go ahead and and tell us exactly what this event is hooked on hard water well, I, I mean, I, I do you want me to start from the beginning, or yeah, uh, yeah. I, mean, I guess yep. I got a, I got a good synopsis for it. it. It we we have the Rapid City area has uh, it's not part of the Boys and Girls Club of America. It's called the Rapid City Club for Boys, and it's not affiliated with Boys and Girls Club because they don't allow girls there. Um, we have a strong uh, Girls Incorporated, it's called, and so uh, between the two. Uh, entities in town, they decided there's no point in either of them joining forces with the Boys and Girls Club of America. They just would stay their own. You know, they're 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 very both very good quality organizations. And and with that, um, the boys at this club, big majority of them, I and you guys have seen a lot of them are underprivileged or come from underprivileged homes, single parent or no parent homes, uh, and and. My dad, he's been uh, working there for 56 years now. 56, and holy moly. Isn't that so, that's something <laughs> amazing right there, too. Yes, it but, is. Uh, but so, so he's been there for 56 years, so I grew up at that place. I, I spent a lot of my summers there, and I got to see uh, and become friends with a lot of those boys. And at the time, I didn't realize 
how necessary out you know outdoor activities are and just more than that is just positive attention you know i think a lot of those boys don't even get that positive attention but you know i didn't see that at the time but then you know i got older married have kids and you realize that impact that that one-on-one attention has and so i just told my dad one day i was like you know i i want to combine my passion for ice fishing with your passion for the rapid city club for boys and and we brainstormed how we'd do it and the best idea we could come up with was let's bring in some professional ice anglers from across the entire upper midwest and well even further than that the entire ice belt really and and, uh uh, let's let's have them spend one-on-one time with boys and teaching them the ins and outs of ice fishing and and um i mean it it kind of almost downplays it when you say teach them the ins and outs of ice fishing because it is so much more than that though i mean your guys's experience is ice fishing even one of the top five most important things of that event probably not mm. um but then then we thought well if we're going to go through and put the effort into that let's let's make it a way where we can raise funds for the boys club and continue their outdoor education and outdoor programs and and um so we hold a banquet where we have live and silent auctions and raffles and games and all sorts of stuff amazing food and it's uh um turned into now it is the biggest fundraiser for that uh rapid city club for boys and, and one thing i forgot to say is it, it is all funded by uh donation private donors um they they don't have they're not part of any kind of national organization so it is just that entire facility is funded by by donations and community support so um it, it's become a very important event for them just to uh you know continue any outdoor activities because as uh we all know kids are spending more and more time in front of screens whether it's their phones video games tvs whatever it may be and and i think that outdoor time is getting less and less and um i struggle with it with my son and so any time i can get him outside i I take advantage of it and i i think you know if they don't have that influence in the house getting them outside then uh we should provide that opportunity for them yep yeah and you know you 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 mentioned about how this whole entire place is funded uh privately uh, one of the things that I think is really worth noting uh, for the people that have never been there and have never seen it is is this isn't just like some small building you yeah, know in exactly. downtown Rapid. I mean, we are talking like I mean this is this is the size of of like you know an elementary school. I mean, we've got gymnasiums inside, outside gymnasiums. Right. We've got big art facilities. You know, they got their own busing, don't they? Yeah, busing, like a yeah. cafeteria. I mean, it just. I mean, a wood what, shop. I mean, incredible. Uh, yeah, it's it's really cool place. You know, and and one thing I didn't mention too is, as a single unit, even though it's not affiliated with anyone across the nation, but just there's no one unit in the nation that has a higher membership than the rapid city club for boys really and yeah and and covid uh took its toll on it because they had to limit the number of kids that could be in there at any given time because of social distancing but they have rebounded from that and now it's busier than they were before covid and you know on before covid on an average school night you might see 
90 to 150 boys come through and they're seeing 150 to 250 come through and in the summertime it's 350 to 500 boys a day wow i think and, the, and another thing worth noting is the membership there is 12 dollars a year that's what that i was going to say yeah. I, I knew yeah. it was very cheap dollar a month so, yeah I, I mean that doesn't even pay for one meal for those boys right uh they they truly only do that just so Honestly, I guess we should ask uh, my dad or Doug why they even charge a membership because obviously it doesn't go anywhere. I think it's just to, to hold the parents somewhat accountable. You just know, a smidge of skin, skin in the game. So, yeah. Yep. But but I know I, I worked a couple summers there and they wouldn't ever make or turn anybody away if they couldn't afford that membership. They would just have the, the parents volunteer day at the thrift store or the, the boy could spend the day, you know, picking up leaves or twigs or trash outside you know they'd make them work it off they're just you know trying not to get handed out for free but uh but you know essentially they don't turn anyone away and and another thing worth noting is uh it's it's not exclusive to just underprivileged kids i i've told this story and maybe not on uh the show before but i've told the story before that uh, i was down there just talking to my dad one day and we were walking through one of the gymnasiums and and uh, my dad just stopped me, and he just kind of nodded towards two boys playing basketball. And he said, uh, you see those two boys there? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, that friendship, he goes, those two boys are best of friends. And he goes, that friendship doesn't happen anywhere but at the Rapid City Club for boys. Exactly. I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? And he goes, was she the kid in the green shirt? I was like, yeah. He goes, his dad is one of the top five wealthiest people in Rapid City see the kid in the brown shirt? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, he lives in his car. And he goes, those two don't become friends at school or anywhere else. But when they're down here, everyone's on a level playing field. And, and those two are the absolute best of friends. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Well, and the cool thing about it too, is like every single kid at that place, every like person that's working there, that's involved with there takes such like great pride in it. And you kind of mentioned it. Like, you know, they don't go to the same school and stuff like that. Like these kids, like you ask them, like if they go to the club for boys and they're just like, Oh yeah. It, it, they're so proud of that place. I mean, they're prouder of that place than they are their high schools and stuff Absolutely. like that. And they can't wait to tell you all about it there. And I mean, I think they put a post up the other day about, you know, you had an older boy with a younger boy hanging out and stuff like that. And just like the mentorship in between you know the kids at the club is it's just incredible it's a brotherhood you it know, is. you're part of the club yep yeah absolutely it i we should uh at the meet and greet we need to ask my dad if he remembers the old handshake i do not remember it, but i mean they had the boys club handshake and it was i wish i could remember it but maybe we need to bring that back yeah, I like that. We move from COVID, we can start shaking hands again, right? I yeah, like that. Right. Yep. Matt will okay. try to kiss somebody, but I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she, I, that's going to get awkward. The old shake and bake. <laughs> now, uh, now, Craig, uh, at the, at this deal, you know, Saturday, um, you know, all, all the pros get together with their boy. They bring him out to the ice. Uh, Friday night, uh, the meet and greet down there. You you meet your boy, whatever. But Saturday night is is really where, uh, you know, 
the 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 funds really come to be the banquet um you know we mentioned it earlier with that mule deer hunt that got auctioned off uh, here a year or two ago um you know there's a lot of different stuff what are some of the items uh up for auction this year uh we have one i'm really excited about that our buddy andy stromsness procured he got with two different guides down in texas so we have a combination onshore and offshore fishing trip wow so you go you go fish uh in inland water somewhere catching big bass oh, oh man speak to me end up going out in the ocean catching i think maybe redfish i'm not 100 percent sure but it, it sounds like it's going to be well it sounds like i'm going it's what it sounds like i'm pretty sure i'm buying that one because you want the bass right uh, you know what? Are they good eating? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, moving along. What else is on that auction? Um, it's really neat because we came up with the 10th anniversary logo, so we have just a absolute ton of 10th anniversary hooked on hard water branded uh, stuff. We've got uh, this is a cool one. I probably haven't told you about yet. Um, it's from Mac Grills, M-A-K Grills. They are based out of Washington, I think. Do you remember Eldon Spears, the guy that talked last year at the end of the banquet? Yeah. Uh, former club member. Yep. He, he got with these guys, and they make high-end barbecue grills. And, like, this grill that they're putting together is, uh, it's, like, off the shelf it's a $2,500 grill wow. but then they're branding in with the 10th anniversary logo and I've seen some pictures of the production it's incredible and just showing it around we already have an opening bid of $3,500 on this thing <laughs> I like that and, yeah. and I mean it just just incredible stuff like that some signs you know uh, old Ramrod he, he's putting together a sign with some guys um uh, gosh, I kind of caught me off guard with what all it is, but rods, holy smokes, I, I've got a, a shipment of rods from the Midwest Angler podcast that Never heard of them. I can't nope. wait to see what those things do. Nope. Um, yeah, no, I am super excited to see how all those rods go, and um, I mean, I, I know a lot of those guys are listeners here, and, and from me and the rest of the Hooked on Hardwater staff, everyone that built rods for the rod building competition, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I mean, those are truly uh, pieces of art, and, and it, it pains me to be able to, or to to go through them and think, all right, we better sell this one again, because <laughs> it's like half of them I'm pretty sure I'm going to, I, I might be broke or divorced after this banquet because there's a lot of stuff I really think I need in my life here. But it's for a good cause. Yeah, I was going to say, it you, could, you might end cause. up broke, you might end up single, but you're going to have some rods and you <laughs> raised funds. Pretty cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, and, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. And, you know, another thing we didn't talk about um, that is going to be new this year that Truly, we just started working on a lot of the uh, details of this here in the last few hours was uh, the Craig Teason Memorial Tournament for the pros and sponsors on Thursday before. And and um, for the listeners that don't know, Craig Teason was a dear friend of my dad's. I was named after him. Uh, he was 
volunteer at the boys club, um, served on the board of directors. He was chief of police in Rapid City, and he went on to be a state senator, and he tragically drowned, uh, gosh, six years ago now. That's hard to believe, but um, but uh, we, we hold a tournament for the pros and sponsors in honor of him because he was such a big advocate for getting kids outdoors also. And, and it's just a fun way for everyone to, you know, that comes out just to, it's just fun. But, but, you know, we also take the fish and feed them to the boys the day of the uh, event on the ice. But uh, this year, instead of doing the, the award ceremonies up on the ice where we, you know, don't have reception, we're, we're actually going to weigh in like we always do, but, um, we're going to go Facebook live on Friday at the meet and greet. And we're, we're in the works of making this a pretty awesome production. And, nice. uh, we're going to have uh, color commentators for it. And, uh, it's all conceptual now, but if it comes to fruition, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun and, and hopefully it'll be something that'll be really big this year, but it'll, uh, be something, guys and sponsors are going to look forward to being a part of next year so so i'm yeah, really excited cool. about that so and it'll be fun for the boys to see that all play out too you know yeah oh yeah no that'll be that'll be way cool uh what, yep. what what's the food so we actually changed it up this year okay all right we are not well i think we are doing barbecue i actually don't know what the menu is but uh, we decided, rather than uh, no no offense or or disrespect to our past caters, because I mean we all know that food was amazing, freaking incredible. Uh, but we we formed a partnership. We've got a restaurant here in town that is a nonprofit restaurant. It's called Fork Real. Really. And if you ever look it up, they've got the coolest concept in the world where. You know, I can go down there and eat, and it costs $10. No matter what the meal is, you pay $10 and you can get it. And if I want, I can buy a token for someone that can come in that can't afford it. And so they have a jar of token. Their, their token jar is always full. And so uh, homeless people can come in there or people that just simply can't afford a meal, and they'll just pull a token out of the jar and their meal is covered. Really? And, uh, That's awesome. It, it's just a super neat deal. And and their food is amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. I've gone there several times, and I mean, it's been amazing every time we've been down there. We've sampled the desserts more than once just to make sure they were right <laughs> for us, and, and their desserts are right for us. I can attest to that. So um, it's it's going to be a really cool so- concept, and they're, they're taking over the entire uh, gamut. You know, the, they're going to cater it, serve it. Uh, taking care of all the aspects of it so it's it's going to be really neat and it just seems to fit in with just everything else we're doing too so it just seemed like the right match yeah i like that i like that it's really neat and uh still doing the atv raffle absolutely uh so the atv raffle that uh um Boy, that thing's turned into a monster have you sold any tickets yet scott i didn't uh uh ram i know ramrod pathetic are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, 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 it, I am pathetic that I have not sold any this year. I haven't even gotten any books yet. And by the time, if I, if I turned around and asked for them, 
by the time I'd get them, I'd have to turn right around and get them, get them sent back. But I do know Ramrod has a bunch, and he's selling them to some some people here uh, in Northwest Iowa. Atta boy, Ramrod. No, he's a drip, um, but he he comes in clutch every once in a while. Sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, I know that ATV raffle. Uh, so we have it's a Honda Pioneer up for raffle, or I think they upped it to ten thousand dollars cash. It's either nine or ten thousand dollars. If you you win it, you could either get the the ATV or the cash. Um, it's ten bucks a ticket or a hundred bucks for a book of 12 does that sound right scott that's so, correct book of 12 that's correct um and that that's um that's turned into a, a, a huge part of the event as well so have either of you two ever sold a winning ticket <laughs> just 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 asking asking for a friend well, just just want to know i mean just, just asking for a friend did you happen to sell a winning ticket, Scott? I did. Oh, I did. okay. All yep, right. Yep. You're kind of looking at me I'm like, not, ask me a question. I'm not sitting here trying to brag. But... Random question. Did you sell? Yep. <laughs> so, so for the listeners that weren't at the banquet, uh, we we always make a uh, a pretty big production out of drawing the the ticket out for the winner, and so that year they drew it, and there was some hooting and hollering going on. I don't know if you've seen our MC Don Hedrick. He's also the chief of police in Rapid City. He looked over. He thought the winner was in the crowd. There was so much shooting <laughs> and hollering going on. Nope, it was just Scott Sturman, the seller of the win. Yeah, right. Hollering, but well, I mean, no, well, that was pretty cool. That's how excited we get at the banquet. Well, yeah, I mean, when you when you hear a name that you know, know, know and and you know, I mean, if if even even just to know it, but you know, then when I had. When I was actually the one to sell it, it was just like, oh, my God. And uh, I, I couldn't wait to call Teaslink and, and tell him all about it. So, I don't know. That was a cool deal. Cool deal. Did, did he take the ATV or the cash? The cash, because he's a freaking oh, okay. fun hater coordinator. And <laughs> I don't think anybody's taken the ATV yet. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I guess... Uh, I guess if you, if you if you got something else fun to do with the ten grand, like you know, I don't know, strawberry milk and popsicles or something, <laughs> buys a lot of frozen pizzas. Yeah, oh God, God! One uh, of these years, we need to just wrap the ATV. That way, they have to take it. Yeah, right. yeah. Now, uh, uh, Scott Mockintune, keynote speaker this year. Yes, sir. So we. Uh, um, I don't know if I should let the cat out of the bag how that all came out. It might have to just be, no, nah, I'll talk about it. We wrote a book this year, because why not? I right. mean, right. Why, why, why not add more stress to the, the plate? <laughs> I, I know Chantel uh, at the Club for Boys, She's this one seems to be a little bit more stressful than most, but <laughs> she's taking a lot on her shoulders, that's for sure. But yeah, we decided to put a book together and I mean, it's not a, a huge book by any means, but it's just going to be a good memento. You know, it talks about the history of HOH and uh, a lot of the a lot of stories from the pros and and <laughs> Scott. He when we told him we wanted um, stories for the book, he must have forgot the part where I said stories for the book, and he wrote a book himself. <laughs> and so uh, we thought rather than actually putting his story in the book, um, we would want him to get up and tell the story because obviously he's a good speaker. And 
you know, I, I'm so proud of all of my pros that come out to Hooked on Hard Water, but uh, he he definitely, you know, is in it for all the right reasons, and and um, he just, it, it'll just be good. I mean, just, he, he's got a great story, and uh, it'll just, it'll be, it'll be good. I'm excited to have him be a part of it. Well, I mean, when you get a cowboy from Minneapolis, I mean, you know, you just, you, you got to throw him on right. stage. You do. So, I don't know if I told you this, but him and his family were out uh, in the hills this summer, and so we had a barbecue up at the cabin, and somehow we started talking about his outfits for Hooked on Hard Water. <laughs> and his wife said when the Amazon packages start showing up about uh, a month before Hooked on Hard Water, she knows that. It's going to be something gaudy and something embarrassing, and, and she doesn't even want to look at it. She's just like, don't even show me. I think it's just too good. It's awesome. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So I awesome. think everybody looks forward to it every year, so yep. he's going to have a lot of pressure on him this year. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, after that Tiger King shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Craig, I, I got I to gotta know the truth. What's the over-under on uh, how many times you're going to cry at that banquet? I yeah. think you're gonna cry. I think I'm gonna yeah. cry. I think a lot of people. I, I, it's always... Mockentoon. I I just I got a feeling he that that dude is a world class speaker, and uh, I I don't know. I think he's he, he's gonna, gonna bring cry? his A game. For Are you this gonna one. cry because you can't understand some of the big words he's using, or <laughs> just because? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Uh, I'm. I uh, we've got another. A surprise speaker that I'm not going to talk about that I guarantee you will make me cry. And then, and you know, I, it's something about the emotional impact of that whole event and the whole just the culmination of it all. I I truly get on emotional overload. I, I don't. I mean, I don't love talking in front of people anyway, but I do it. But for some reason, getting up. Had hooked on hard water like when i'm up there talking i feel like i'm just on the verge of crying at any second and i i, I don't know if it's just a little bit of nerves but i think it's just a lot of emotional overload and i i don't get it but i as soon as if I, I come back down off the stage then it's like all right you know i i feel like i'm not going to cry but then you know some moron will go up and tell their story about whatever and then i'll start crying i, I don't know it's it's crazy because that i know from year one that was not even anticipated at all i mean we thought we were going to take some boys fishing tell some stories have some fun and raise a little bit of money and that was it but just that emotional charge you get out of it I, it was so much more than anyone ever expected well, I mean, when you when you really stop to consider, I mean, you know, 50, 60 of your best friends, you know, are, are all coming to your hometown and, and you know, you get to, you get to go to the meetings where they discuss the financials and, and what's going on. I mean, you truly see how big of an impact this event has. And, and you know, with growing up there, you know, nobody knows better than you, uh, you know, what 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 this event truly means to that club and and uh you know to have all your buddies there and and you know your wife and kids and and you know your brother and sister-in-law and your mom and dad and and you know just 
every, everyone that's uh that's uh you know in your life is all at this one event just freaking raising a million bucks and i'm yeah i believe that's, that that'd yeah. be on overload yeah yeah it, uh, do I, I dare say it's humbling again <laughs> it really it's, is it's that's a, the part that you know another thing i never uh really anticipated i guess was you know, at the end of the, you know, Sunday morning, we go have breakfast, we say goodbyes, and I'm like, thanks for coming out. And every one of you guys, it's like, no, thank you. Thanks for having me be part of it, you know. And I, it's like, you're helping me. I'm not helping you. But, yeah, you guys seem to argue that fact, I guess. But Oh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's for us. It, it's it, for it us. Definitely. I mean, it definitely is. And, you know, that, that Saturday night at the banquet, it's probably about one of the first times where you can kind of just – really slow down and re, you know not relax because there's still a lot of stuff going on but really appreciate you know all the work that you've like put into it and everybody else has put into it it's kind of accumulation of the whole year that you know has gone between the next one and then you know you probably know it better than anybody the next day you start planning for the next one so yeah i, I always say i i look forward to hooked on hard oh. I look forward to hooked on hard water, but I look forward to it ending even more. Yeah, right. I mean, it's <laughs> but but then yeah, truly, you know, we usually give ourselves about a three week break, then we kind of have a follow up meeting and just how everything went and everything. So I get about a three week period where I actually can breathe for a while, and, and then it starts all over again. But I I joke about it being a big pain in the butt, but it is so worth it, and and just knowing the impact on the boys and and i don't know if you ever heard the story this is this story is in the book so spoiler alert um but last year i mean it's just these impacts you know that happen and uh uh last year one of the boys that was up on the ice um about a month before his father passed away and and so he he was really uh, close with Maggie Young, and he just asked Maggie, like, can I come to the banquet? Can I be a part of that? And Maggie, of course, isn't going to say no. Right. Um, so so she gets him to the banquet, and then, you know, Scott, Scotty Mack got up and talked about Kurth and how, you know, just his history with his boy. Uh, Scott had the same boy for, gosh, uh, four or five years, and then, you know, uh, Kurth was the, the boy's name, and he um, turned 18 and was a senior in high school, so he was kind of graduating out of the boys' club as well. And and so it was going to be the last time Scott and Kurth got to fish together, uh, at least for Hooked on Hardwater. And, and so Scott had a rod built for him, and, and at the end of it, he just told Kurth how proud he was of him. And Maggie happened to look over to that young boy, and he was just bawling. Uh, the young boy I was sitting next to her and, and he's like, what's the matter? And he just says, I wish I could have heard my dad say something like that to me. Oh boy. Man. And like, holy cow, you know? And so then next thing you know, I guess that whole table was crying. Oh, <laughs> well, right. And it just, so it, yeah. Yeah. If you don't want anyone to see you cry, then maybe hooked on hard water is not for you. Cause there's a good chance you're going to walk away with tears in your eyes. Yeah. Well, I think a lot that's of onions being cut. Right. <laughs> that's the best thing about it though. Yep. Like all these 
guys that all of us that want to get on Facebook and act like these big tough fishermen guys, you get everybody out there and people are throwing snowballs at each other and razzing each other. And yeah, it's just a great all around time. Now, yep, I'm pretty darn proud of it. Now, uh, I, I know uh, Scott Brower has come from New York State. Is is Scott Brower the farthest person that's that's ever come? Yes, yes, he yep. is. I mean, Stromsness comes from Texas. Yeah, one um, of these years I'm going to get Mark Stevens out here from Florida. Okay, yep. Um, yep. That's got to rival Scotty Brower, I would think. Yep, anyone out west? Um, I... I think Tyler Ray's our furthest oh, yeah. west this right. year. Yep, Colorado and Yep. Yep. No can, um, Canada? Uh I've had Canada several years, but then COVID shut it down. Uh and yep. we just Tom Battyuk, I don't know if you're familiar with okay. him. Yeah, he's nope. he's a legend up there and that's on the rainy. Um, okay. And he gosh, I need to hit him up to see if he can donate a trip in one of these years. That's a my dad, my brother, and I, he donated a trip fishing on Rainy, and that was the most incredible fishing trip I've ever been on. Really? I mean, do you know Tom? Have you met him? Uh, no. I know who he nope. is, yeah. Yeah, just, just, uh, he's like one of the most unassuming, legendary fishermen, because he's very humble when you talk to him, and, you know, he's just not one of those guys that's, you know, telling you how good he is all the time, so you just, you don't know. You yeah. don't know. Kind of like a Thane Jensen. You don't know Thane Jensen's a good fisherman because he's just so unassuming like that. He never talks about that. He, well, he's usually just being a screwball, but <laughs> just phenomenal fisherman. And, and Tom Baddick is the same way. I mean, he's just, he, I mean, I've got my personal best uh, walleye up there on that trip, you know, a 29-inch walleye. Wow. And, uh, I mean, he just, Drives his boat. He's like, all right, there's some rocks underneath us. Just start fishing on these. <laughs> just bang out a 29-inch walleye. I was like, yep, it's like, I guess yep. that's, that's the spot. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Yep. Now, now, if somebody's listening to the show, uh, Craig, and, and they want to get involved uh, with Hooked on Hard Water or, or you know, how, what what what's the best way you know whether it be donating money you know travel out there for the banquet how what what would you say is the best thing to do uh the easiest and best way uh is to sponsor a boy um yeah. we've got a program it's for a hundred dollars you sponsor a boy um we try to get you know 70 boys out there so we, we've got uh, uh, 70 spots that we could take a, a, a sponsor boy. And, and what that does is that ensures, because, you know, so many of these boys are from underprivileged homes, it ensures that they show up on the ice with warm boots and good socks and snow pants and a coat. You know, the first year we learned in a hurry that uh, some of these parents didn't understand what, Involved, what was involved in ice fishing and so their kids would show up in uh, tennis shoes and sweatpants and a light jacket and that was it and, and so um, you know we try to warehouse as much of that warm clothing as possible um, and you know if the if the boys don't need it they just truly forgot it then they'll put it back in the warehouse but 
so many of the time these boys just don't have that gear and so then we send it home with them too so mm-hmm. that way you know they, they can stay warm for the rest of the winter and hopefully next winter too yep um that's the easiest way but otherwise i i, I highly encourage anybody to come out to the if, you, if you're within a day's drive it's worth the trip uh, just to come out to the banquet and um by all means reach out to me and if you want to I can't really take on any more help because of permits, insurance, and and everything else. But if you want to come up to to the ice and just see what's going on out there, it's it's worth a view from the parking lot. But then, but then you know that banquet is where uh, outside of the importance to the boys, the banquet's where the magic happens because you get to see the pictures, you get to hear the stories, and and you can uh, help raise some funds for the boys' club. And the outdoor activity program. Yeah, that yeah. was that was my first year. Uh, Kayla and I, I'd seen it on Facebook and drove out just to check it out. And when you you went to the banquet that year too, right? Yeah, that was just just the banquet. Yep. Okay, because I cause didn't you come up on the ice or come? So it was at uh, Sheridan Lake that year. Uh, Deerfield okay, got slush. Slushed out. Yep. And- and so I drove to the marina there at, at Sheridan Lake and, and just watched uh, watched all the kids run out there and, and just kind of, you know, I, I had never, I don't know that I had ever spoke to you before. I just uh, just drove out there because I, I wanted to see it, wanted to be a part of it. And, and I watched the kids run out there and, and I turned around and cruised around Custer State Park. And I think they let the buffalo go that weekend. And so checked that out just you know, did, did hood rat shit in the hills and, and uh, <laughs> I went, turned around and went to uh, the banquet that night. And I was like, golly, this is uh this is pretty incredible. And so, yeah, rest is history. So, how many years after that, uh, was it when you were pro? Was it the next year? That the you very were next year. Wasn't yeah. I, I, I told you I'd do anything. I'll come out there and clean fish after the Craig Teason Memorial Tournament. I'll help set up chairs, whatever. And, and you had told me, you're like, well, why don't you just come out and clean fish? Well, anyone that knows me knows that I am not a fish cleaner. And I was like, well, I guess we'll see how this goes and uh, whatever. But uh, Fake yeah, it till you make it. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> that's what I was doing right there. And uh, yeah, about uh, two weeks prior, you messaged me and said that you had a guy drop out and had a, had an open spot, and you asked me if I wanted to do it, and that was that. I haven't been able to get rid of you. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> he was, was going to show up with a bucket and yeah. a sponge and be like, yeah. all right, where's the fish? I'll clean them here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how you clean fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. no. All right, Craig. Uh, well, we appreciate you uh, coming on. Uh, we appreciate you uh, uh, telling us all about this event, and we appreciate all the hard work that uh, goes into it. But, uh, yeah, we'll see you uh, a month from a month from today is when it happens, man. Yeah. Holy. Yep. Is so. it really? Yeah. Well, are you coming out early this year? Hopefully. Hopefully Wednesday. So. Okay. I am. I've got. I've got plans. So let's oh just boy. stay in touch. It, it. It might have to be Tuesday. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might. I might come. I might come out next week. So. Well, A month, you uh, say. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just make it happen. That's all, all right. Got to say. All right. So. All right, man. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you then in a few weeks. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, fellas. Yep. Later. See ya. And there he goes, our buddy uh, Craigie Euler. Uh, we will be on the ice out in the Black Hills uh, before we know it.
Yeah, it's it really is crazy. Like you sit there and think it's so far away and so far away. It's like it's never going to get here. Then it's like, oh, here we are. I better, better get in and uh, put in for those days off at yeah. work. You know, yep. I better uh, start. You know, we better get our group text going here and yep. start saying like. You know, what's you know what's the plan what's here? the plan what's yep. the schedule what are we what's it looking like this year so yep yeah we got to get that uh going because yeah I, I, like i mentioned earlier you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be going on a on a work trip this next week by the time you get back you got two weeks and and uh well good for us get yeah, to go again there but we, uh, there we go crazy 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 but uh uh, Matt, we did. Uh, we got out and did a little bit of fishing uh, this last weekend, and oh, we uh, sure did over at uh, Okaboji uh, Saturday. Um, Saturday afternoon, we went over there. Uh, uh, my brother and Ramrod had gone ar- out there earlier in the day. Uh, my brother actually purchased a wheelhouse, so he brought that over. Yeah. Uh, if you saw a black pickup stuck at the uh, entrance <laughs> to Emerson Bay, uh, that was him. He shelled out his transmission. Uh, well, or broke a broken axle, broken axle with his four wheel drive. I don't, I, God knows I'm not a mechanic. I don't know what the hell's going on, but, uh, um, something he added in four wheel drive, broken axle. I don't know. Sounds like a damn mess. Um, oh, that's for I sure. think he's ready to trade the son of a gun off, so, <laughs> um, whatever. But, uh, um, got it, got it back. Uh, he went and parked, ran, hooked it up to Ramrod's pickup. We ended up getting out. Uh, I met met up with him later. You were out there, um, yeah. Did uh, did some fishing and uh, um, actually uh, felt really good. Uh, uh, one of the first times that I really, you know, we we sat down with that live scope, scanning around, um, you know, in the evening, uh, looking for crappies. It was one of those deals where it was like, you know, I'm scanning around because because we had been catching them beforehand, but yeah, but just as, like kind of. S- sparsely and yep. stuff like that but uh, i dropped that live scope down and i said all right guys you know somebody come over here drill a hole 20 feet over that way and uh, i think it was eric he went over there drilled a hole dropped down boom crappie it's like hell yeah this is how you do it okay next guy you know 30 30 feet over that way drilled a hole boom and it's like Oh boy, this is, <laughs> this is about to get fun. Well, next thing you know it, I mean, we, we got to a point where, uh, you know, I think you and Eric just ran around and just drilled a bunch of holes just because then you knew, uh, right. you know, that you had a hole in we the area. Had, we kind of had them patterned kind of which direction they were going. So yep. we kind of had like a line of holes drilled in a few different directions. Well, and the, and the, the unfortunate thing was like when we figured it out, it was, you know, right in that primetime bite window. But it's like we had planned on you guys had planned on spending the night in Eric's shack. Yep. And I was gonna pop the hub up and we were gonna sit there and fish until, you know, late later in the night. And uh so we had to get the the shacks moved and yep. set up and stuff like that because it's like, well, you don't want to do it after dark and right. everything. So, you know, we got that going. But like you said, then we started drilling those we got those holes drilled and then yeah, we got a good pattern going. Yep. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we I, I feel like we did it effectively, maybe not quite as effectively as, you know, the, the people with a lot of experience, but, uh, 
Um, there's no doubt in my mind that live scope, you know, scanning around and, you know, pointing people in the right direction, you know, 25 feet that way, 30 feet this way, you know, all right, guys, they're, they're moving from, from left to right, you know, get over on that hole, yeah. you know, first they're going to hit you, Eric, then they're going to hit you, Ramrod, then they're going to hit you, Grady. And, you know, lastly, Matt, you know, you, oh, yep. You know, well, <laughs> you know, one guy catches one, the next guy catches, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, it, it, it felt good to, um, you know, and it was, ha- it have, was to have that work. It was fun. It was tough because we were doing it in the dark. Yeah. So, I mean, luckily where we were fishing, there were street lights pretty close to kind of, you know, give you some light. But it was hard to see like that rod tip. You oh, know no what, doubt. You know, with those crappies, with them being such soft biters sometimes and with that upbite, it was, it made it difficult to know like a lot of times. So I'm sure we missed more. Oh, yeah. That we probably could have caught. And, and yeah, it, it was a blast. Like you said, yep. I mean, all of us running around, somebody had two marks on the screen, somebody would. You know, pull up, pull one up, and it'd be like, "Quick, drop yours down while they're unhooking yep. that fish." And, you know, and just kind of working as a team out there. Yep, felt good. But uh, so how did how did you guys? Is, was that your first night ever spending on the ice? That was the, my first night ever spending it on the ice, and uh, I gotta say, it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't spectacular. Um, you know, uh, th- there was a lot of kinks to have been worked out, and uh, um. You know, now, now looking back, it's like, well, we should have done this a little bit different. We should have done that a little bit different, but, uh, um, you know, we, so, so obviously hot air rises, cold air sinks. I was on a cot, uh, laying over top of, uh, open ice holes. My brother was on uh, a fold down bed and, uh, Grady was up in the bunk, um, we, we finally went to bed, you know, 12 o'clock after getting done fishing and, uh, probably, I don't know, one thirty, two o'clock rolls around and I am freezing to death, like literally <laughs> freezing to death. And I've got a decent, uh, a decent, uh, uh, sleeping bag, but, uh, you know, with a cot right over top of that, um, there, there was a little bit of a draft coming through one of the holes yeah. and, uh, whatever I'm, I am like shivering and I hear Grady start, uh, you know, kind of fidget around or whatever. And I'm like, you know, Hey, you know, you know, you're all right. And yeah, I'm just so hot. And I'm like, what? (laughs) So I stand up and it's like, Holy moly. Like, you know, the top of this shack is like a hundred degrees and, and, you know, down on the bottoms, you know, 10 degrees. And, and, uh, so I kind of resituated the fan and, and, uh, you know, okay, you know, that that's going to work. And, and so, you know, I've, I've, feel like it was working pretty good. And, and, uh, my brother, my brother had a big battery in there you know, maiden voyage, first time ever yeah. taking it out. He had no clue how long that battery was going to last. And, uh, I'll tell you how long it was going to last, not long enough. And, uh, so our fan ended up dying. So then, you know, you kind of get yourself in another pickle, the alarms going off because the power, you know, is, is running low. So that wakes us up. We had snowmobiles buzzing by us. And, and like I said, we went to bed at about midnight and, uh, 5 a.m. Uh, we were we were definitely back up again because I was freezing to death. Grady was hot. Uh, I think Eric was completely fine. I think he was just like, oh yeah, I could, you know, he could have slept <laughs> right. for a while. But um, the rest of us, uh, Grady and I, we were, you know, just uh, a little uncomfortable. I ended up throwing on my coat in my sleeping bag <laughs> and uh, um, whatever. But uh, then Grady ended up uh, um, having to go number two. And I'm like, well, go outside and, you know, I don't know, drill a half hole or go up next to the truck. And he just thought that that was ridiculous. So I'm like, well, fine. Screw it. Get in the freaking truck. I guess we're going to go, uh, 
Um, I guess we're going to go to a gas station, which ended up being the most clutch thing I've ever done. You know, 5 a.m., we drove to Casey's, we got a bunch of breakfast pizza, we got donuts, we got hot coffee, brought it back, everyone was good. Uh, proceeded to, to catch some more fish that morning, and uh, um, then when it came time to uh, jack up the thing, uh, one of the cables broke on the, on the, on the winch, and Oh man, like, you know, whatever could go wrong did go wrong. Uh, you know, Eric, like I said, shelled out his, uh, four wheel drive, um, snapped, a snapped cable on the winch, uh, you know, but, uh, we learned a lot and there's no doubt in my mind the next time that we would get back out, uh, a uh, lot more enjoyable, you know, no need to have holes, um, open, you know, if, if, you know, you're sleeping on top of All them right. and, you yeah. know, a lot of different stuff like that, just, you know, for, first time out, you know, so desperately wanting one of those rattles to go and, yeah, and you know, it just didn't happen, whatever. But, uh, um, I don't know. It was, it was fun. It was fun. I'm glad, I'm glad I did it and, uh, won't be the last time, uh, you know, every, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of like going tenting for the first time, you know, yep. you, you look back and it's like, man, should have done this a little different, should have done that a little bit different. But, uh, at the end of the day, uh, um, you know, you do it a few times and, and uh, you, you figure out what works and what doesn't work and how you got to do it the next time. And uh, it'll be more enjoyable. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty jacked up about yep, it. That's for sure. So, uh, all right, uh, pizza review. Um, this, this week, uh, let me come up with my pictures. We got uh, a Bellatoria. Ooh, a Bellatoria. Bellatoria, breadcrumb artisan crust uncured pepperoni pizza. Wow. Uh, Bellatoria. That's a mouthful before you even take a <laughs> you bite. You better believe it. True Italian. Bellatoria pizza. Breadcrumb artisan crust. True uh, Italian. Uncured un pepperoni. I don't know what the hell that means. but it's uh, not cured. Minimally processed, no artificial ingredients. And, uh, you know, that's key to me. Yep. I, I hate artificial ingredients. But uh, whatever the, the case, uh, you know, Bellatoria pizza um expensive for a thin crust pizza um i believe that they're in the ten dollar range right. uh this is a super thin crust pizza you know we're not talking about the uh um the big ones uh not very big a uh, little bit small but uh great sauce good amount of cheese um you know the pepperonis there was a good amount of that uh crust was uh was messy you know it's a okay. breadcrumb yep. you know it, it's almost a lot of crumbs i mean you 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 don't want to eat it on the couch. No. Nope. You definitely wouldn't want to eat it in bed. <laughs> You're going to feel that for, for the, well, until you wash your seat sheets. But uh, uh, I don't know. It was it was really good. Um, I got to say, it, it surprised me. It was better than what I thought it was going to be. Okay. Uh, as I was making it, it was like, oh, boy. You know, what's, I don't, what's this going to be? Like? I don't know about this, uh, whatever. But uh, uh, I'm going to give it a 6-7. There you go. 6-7. Six, six, seven. Seven. That's a fair score. Yep. Uh, um, you know, I... If if that was a if that was a six dollar pizza, um, you know it, it could easily go up and uh, um, you know that that crust was good like it was good I liked it but uh, you know it, it it was messy and so I'm I'm gonna dock it just a little bit there uh, but yeah if if that was a six dollar pizza that that could be that could be strong Bump it up a little bit yep that could be strong but uh, that's good yep I I don't know I liked it I'd I'd buy one again maybe. But uh, um, not the best, not the worst. It's truly Italian. Truly, all, truly. Authentic Italian. So, uh, all right, uh, Freedom Brew, good news Freedom stories. Uh, our good buddies, Austin and Brianna, over at Freedom Brew, 
uh, Larchwood, Iowa, the best damn coffee shop, period. Uh, it's high time I get back over there. Um, yeah, I, I, I need some too. I, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I don't ever go that freaking way. I wish, I wish there was a freedom brew in Rock Rapids. If there was, uh, it'd be dangerous for my pocketbook. Uh, but damn good and tasty. Yeah, it'd be dangerous for my freaking, probably for my belt too. <laughs> but whatever. I've I've already got uh, I've already got pizzas. I don't need I don't need uh, daily coffees too. But uh, um, you want to go first or you want me to? It's I up to you. You can go for, if you got. Yours. I will go first. Okay. Uh, um, I'm going to give a shout out to a fellow dirtbag listener of this show, our good buddy Jesse Van Wyke. Uh, as crazy as this is. You know, I mentioned earlier that my brother got his pickup stuck at the Emerson Bay uh, boat ramp. And, uh, you know, I obviously, uh, you know, Eric was probably feeling pretty little in the world at that very moment. Uh, you know, pissed off, uh, you know, realizing his truck's freaking broke, uh, uh, you know, clogging up the line at, at a boat ramp. Um, you know, just, just uh, you know, kind of going through a rough patch and... Uh, uh, Jesse Van Wyke ended up coming up on an ATV and, uh, had a couple toe straps and, and, uh, he, he and one other guy, uh, were the, uh, um, you know, the two big helps that, uh, that got Eric, uh, out of the, out of the jam and, and off the ramp. Uh, so, uh, you know, kind of, kind of just a small world, I guess Ramrod, you know, Ramrod's in the army with Jesse. Yep. And so he recognized him and, uh, yeah, freaking. I think they uh, they they locked eyes and and knew. Hey, you're a dirtbag. I'm a dirtbag. Let's do dirtbag stuff. And and they got that dirtbag truck right on out of there. And that's just dirtbags being dirtbags. You know, we're helpful. It's... We're good looking. Um, you know, we're we're good at eating pizza, and the ladies like us. So uh, and and we're that's handy. Deadly combination. We're handy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I don't know when 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 you've got all that dirtbag stuff going. Uh, you know that's a, that's a freaking freedom brew good news story. It's uh, always it's always good to see everybody helping each other out. Like absolutely. That. I mean, a lot of times people will sit there and cuss the person out that got stuck, and it's not like Eric was out there intentionally trying to clog up the line or do anything like that. You know, stuff happens, and the more we can help each other out, the better. Well, Eric's got just enough Leroy Sturman in him. I don't think they would have wanted to cuss right at him. Right. He, he, he might have shot lead at him. He would let him know. He would let him know. That's for sure. Let him. Let him. L-E-A-D. L-E-D. Let him know. Let him know. L-E-A-D, right? L-E-A-D. Yeah. Lead. Not L-E-D light. I think that's what I said. I spelled the L-E-D. L-E-D. L-E-D light. I mean, you light him up. Yeah. Light him up. All right. What you got? Mine? Well, I got this voicemail the other day. I'll see if I can play it. Oh, and get God, it on it's Mocking Tune, isn't no, it? No, it's not Mocking Tune. Matt Deitch. This is Grandpa. And I see in the paper that you won a good award. Congratulations. All right. So the other day I get that, that voicemail from my grandpa, my 96-year-old grandpa in the nursing home. And I was like, you know, that's pretty cool. That's one that is not going to ever get deleted. That's, no, that's absolutely staying, not. That's staying on there. And uh, so I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to give Grandpa. I mean, this on his cell phone in the nursing home. Yep, so I'm yep. like, I'm giving Grandpa a call back, see how he's been doing. I haven't talked to him for a while. So Grandpa and I start talking, and, you know, we get we get to going. And uh, I ask him how everything is going there. And he goes, you know what, Matt? He goes, at first, I didn't know what it was going to be like in the nursing home, but, you know, sitting at home, I was getting really lonely. 
he goes, I can, it, it got really lonely sitting in that house by myself all the time. Yep. So, and he said, there's stuff that they have us. There's always things for us to do here. They're always, you know, doing all this for us. And he goes, you know, I can see where when somebody loses a spouse when they're younger, that, uh, they find somebody new and stuff like that because it does get quite lonely. Yep. He goes, but you know what? He goes, I just, I just don't think that there was, uh, any much more time for me to kind of go into the dating pool again at 96 <laughs> years old. So I was like, well, Grandma, he goes, I guess that just proves that Grandma was the one for me. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I don't know if there's like a, a lot of options out there for a 96-year-old Grandpa. Mm-hmm. So You never know. You <laughs> so, never know. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. Hell, yeah. I laughed pretty hard when Grandpa said that. So. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a very cool voicemail and uh, – and he was um, telling, and he was telling me a bunch of stories and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, some of the stories he was saying, I was like, man, it's a good thing we're not recording this, Grandpa, because <laughs> there might be a lot of game wardens that would be looking into your past. <laughs> <laughs> Statutes of limitations. Yeah, He's ninety six, right? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> oh, you know, that's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. But uh, uh, nope, uh, uh, very cool. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I suppose uh, I suppose we're gonna call that. Uh, we'll call that episode two hundred five, and uh, um, yeah, well, I uh, I leave on a work trip on Monday, so uh, we will try to get something recorded over this weekend. Hopefully, um, get something going, uh, and uh, I'm I'm gone for a while. But by the time I get back, uh, um, leaves us and leaves us time. I I don't think we should have any hiccups through here. Uh, depending on what you got going this weekend, I haven't even talked to you about it, but uh, no, we'll we'll, plans, we'll get something so, going. So. Definitely. All right. He, uh, thank you guys for tuning in to two hundred five. Uh, if you haven't, uh, like, subscribe, do whatever the hell you want on your uh, particular platform. But uh, we appreciate you guys as always, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you later. Mm-hmm.